So you're in Florida. How's yes. that going? Land of the free, home of the meth. Doing great. <laughs> Florida's awesome. Yeah, I had a lot of questions. I was like, did you make it without getting stopped repeatedly? Like, have... The best and only thing that I really like about Florida is that my family lives here. So my parents mm -hmm. are here, my sister, my nephew, all that good stuff. And the good news is that they only live about 40 minutes into the Florida, like once you cross over the border. So oh, okay. I don't have to spend that much you don't time have to get or that distance. Deep in. Yeah, I could like escape if I needed to tomorrow <laughs> when Florida man does something else crazy. I've got an exit strategy. Yeah, I think they might beat us to secession. You know what I mean? Like any minute now, you might just not even be in the U.S. So I think in yeah. their eyes, they already are, honestly. <laughs> and I think the rest of the U.S. is pretty much OK with like when the South wanted to we're, we're like, hey, that's not cool. But if Florida were to leave, I think we'd be like, you know what? It's it's fine. Yeah, that's cool. We're all down with it for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, sad to sad to miss you, but glad you, you have an escape plan. Good to go. All righty. Welcome back to We Drink and We Watch Things. I'm Mackenzie. I'm Lamar. And thanks for coming back to our last ep of the year. Holy cannoli. We you are. Welcome. I feel like I kind of have to be here at this point, but I appreciate well, that. Yeah, you're kind of required, but the rest of them aren't. So I was really thinking that oh. this is not all about you. That's impossible. I know you think it is. Well, huh? that's fine. But guess what about this episode that I need to share with you? What? It is ep 11, which is my lucky number. Oh, okay. I didn't. I, I do remember you saying that. We're going out with a bang. I feel like this is this is momentous episode number to go out on. So I'm excited about it. I'm especially excited about our beverages today. Mm -hmm. We did unfortunately have to make them apart. So like I sent you a couple iterations of recipes. Actually, I shouldn't say I sent you. I condensed down to one that I thought was easy. And then you didn't make it anyway. So what'd you make? Yeah, you you put so much <laughs> effort into being like, here's this really fancy hot chocolate because we are doing Wonka today, as you could tell from the episode title. And so it had to be something chocolatey. And you gave me this really fancy recipe and went through all the work. And I ended up just making some Swiss Miss and dumping Frangelica. Frangelica? <laughs> Frangelico? God, Skyler's going to be so mad at me. Frangelico. He is going to be mad in at there. You. And uh, yeah, I just eyeballed it. And that's that's what I'm drinking. How about you? What's your, What's in your fancy cup? I made my fancy hot chocolate. I made the recipe as required. So, you know, no big deal. And it's in, in your honor, the hot Aww. cocoa and chill mug, because I remember telling you that you could have this this week, but I forgot you would be gone. So well, drinking I, it I for appreciate, you. I appreciate you doing that. I, I will say I put mine in a giant Yeti just because for practicality's sake, you know, we're going to be here for about 45 minutes an hour and I didn't want my hot chocolate to go cold during that. So I have it in a Yeti, but I did bring this mug from my parents that I bought them for Christmas a couple years ago. And it says, I love you more than my sibling does from your favorite. And that <laughs> remains true to this day for 39 years and counting. Well, I guess I've only had siblings for 35 of those, but still. So you're doing pretty good. Well, one, very well prepared. I'm super proud of you, but Thank I have you. to one up you. So I will direct it. you to our, our second camera, wherein I will turn on my mug warmer. <laughs> oh, that's okay. I have that at the apartment. I'm I'm on foreign soil here today, so. Well, I think we're doing great. We're going to have warm drinks. We're ready to go. And we're talking about Wonka, which I am mm -hmm. super excited about. Uh, we should we should give the lay of the land for this one today because this is a new this is a new shtick for us. We're doing a new release that is mm -hmm. actively out in theaters right now. So, yeah. How are we going to tell them about this today? 
Yeah, so we're going to basically split today up into, into two sections because for those of you who are more curious than anything but you don't want the entire film spoiled for you, we're going to open up with a discussion around what's the movie about, who's in it, what did we think overall. No spoilers there. We will give you a heads up when we're going to transition into spoiling the shit out of the entire movie and really digging deep on what yeah. our thoughts were. I will also say, if you're one of those people who's like, I don't want to know anything about a movie, I don't even watch the trailers... Why are you here? So for that first so section. what are you doing here? Yeah. For that first section, <laughs> we're not going to spoil anything that's not given away in the trailers. So if you've seen the trailers, that's all that we're going to be telling you. 100%. And I will say also in that first section, we will give you our rating at the end of that section so that you you know whether or not you should go. You know, mm -hmm, I think mm -hmm. we you some of you may align with the Russian judge. Some of you may align with the nice judge and you may want to base your base your movie watching experience off one or the other. So we will give you the rating before we hop into that next section. But yeah. with all that in mind, I think we'll give you a, a quick a quick summary, a very, very simple summary. Nothing crazy. I think most of us have seen a couple versions of this by now, but at the very least, yeah. I hope you have seen the OG. Um, so it's about Willy Wonka. But this is a bit of a prequel to the versions yes. that we have seen before. This is. You know, before he's become the Willy Wonka that we know him to be later. So the little the little summary tagline is fun. It says, with dreams of opening a shop in a city renowned for its chocolate, a young and poor Willy Wonka discovers that the industry is run by a cartel of greedy chocolatiers, which is super accurate. There's a chocolate cartel <laughs> that basically spend the entire movie trying to thwart him. But also he sort of thwarts himself and we'll get into that. He's a mm -hmm. he's a little little bit naive, a little bit new to the game. And yeah. so this whole story is his trials and tribulations to, yeah, to to become the legend that we know he eventually does. Yeah. Give me give me a reminder when we get to the spoiler section, because I just showed such self-control to not yell something out when you said that. Uh, but because I, I don't want to spoil the movie. So when we get to the spoiler section, remind me that I have something to add to that. I'm so proud of you, and I will definitely be sure to remind you, taking a note Did you put now. it on a post-it? Thank you. <laughs> no, super yeah. didn't. I took a, <laughs> took a drink of my drink, so if that counts. <laughs> like, I saw you, too. You were like, I'll take a note, and then you just sip. Thanks, Mackenzie. Um, so, like, I'm not your fucking secretary. Um, Basically. Yeah. I, you know what else was fun? This is totally unrelated, but it was kind of funny, and we forgot to put it in the episode description for last week, but I, I'm... Pretty sure that last week's episode of all the Christmas movies and our holiday special, whatever you want to call it, had the most swearing of any episode that we've done. That was really? definitely not intentional. I am reasonably sure. There were so many F words in that. So I'm going to try to scale back this week in case, you know, some of the folks listening to this have kiddos and stuff like that. So I'm going to be honest with you. I won't because I nice. don't know how to do that. <laughs> I mean, I just think it's going to come out. I don't know what to tell you. If I'm excited, I'm excited. That's true. Uh, yeah. You know, there's an explicit marker on the episodes. I I personally do that for you folks. So you know mm -hmm. what you're getting into. So you're welcome. But uh, yeah, you can be the good kid, Lamar. I trust you. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, let's talk a little bit about, I guess, let's talk about who's involved in this thing. We've given you sort of the overarching yeah. plot. We have an incredible cast in this. It is one, it's huge. And two, it's just stacked with some major players. So I'll give you the quick mm -hmm. rundown. Our you know, titular star is Timothy Chalamet. So he yeah. does uh, an incredible job of playing mm -hmm. Wonka, I think. Uh, we also have Olivia Coleman, 
who we'll get into a little bit more, but it's a very different role for her, which I love. Oscar winner Olivia mm-hmm. Coleman does kind of like a fun, a fun version here. And then we have Kayla Lane. I looked up how to pronounce that because it is not spelled the way you think it should be. C-A-L-A-H. Yeah, exactly. And so I was like, I got to learn this one. Anyway, her name is Kayla Lane. She plays a really adorable character of Noodle. And then Mm -hmm. we've got the always hilarious Keegan-Michael Key doing a great chief of police, Mm -hmm. ever-growing chief of police. We'll get into that as well. (laughs) And then we have the cute, sweet Jim Carter of Downton Abbey fame, if you remember the head butler in Downton Abbey. And then Tom Davis, who, well, you know, you're missing out because he was great. And he gives off very similar vibes in this movie, by the way. So that's definitely what made me think of it. But Tom Davis plays Bleacher, a very distinctive voice that confused me Mm -hmm. quite a bit. And then we've got the Chocolate Cartel, which is made up of Matt Lucas, Patterson Mm -hmm. Joseph, who's Slugworth, and then Matthew Boynton, who's the, what is the F one? Do you remember? Fickle Gruber. Whatever. Fickle Gruber, I think. Fickle Gruber. That's right. Weird one. Fickle Gruber. And then finally, Hugh Grant as the Oompa Loompa, which is, I think... A great turn for Hugh Grant, really. So yeah, yeah, stacked cast, stacked mm-hmm. cast, directed by Paul King, and written by Paul King, Simon Farnaby, and of course, Roald Dahl is the original source material, so they credit him as one of the writers as well. Right. Yeah, and Paul King, best known for doing the Paddington movies, but also did the Mighty Boosh, which I've seen a few episodes of. So that very dry english humor there and i think there's a lot of crossover in the cast between those because i believe this is the same mm-hmm. writing directing and production team as the paddington films so if you liked those you probably enjoy the comedy in this which i didn't see the second paddington but i thought the first one was real cute so that vibes makes sense yeah but yeah I so also i think th- go, ahead. go ahead jinx no i was double jinx <laughs> triple jinx I also was going to say that, did you know who the runner-up for the role of Wonka was? Because you mentioned Timothy Chalamet. Did you know who the second choice was, the last finalist? I did not. You could probably get it. If I told you it was another actor who could sing and dance, that's similar look to Timothy Chalamet. Do you want to take a shot in the dark? Similar in look to Timothy Chalamet. I mean, Tom- same age, same build. Ooh, I thought I heard it. I thought I heard Tom- it. Did- Tom Holland? Yes. See? You nailed it. See, he I was thought the... because he you know, he stands out to me because of, yeah, all his dancing and, and <clears throat> his umbrella appearance on Lip Sync Battle. If you haven't seen it, yes. you better. It's incredible. Classic. Okay, that makes sense. That vibes. Ooh, that's, I feel torn about that now. I feel, I feel <laughs> some kind of way. Different? I feel like it uh, would have been very similar. It's not that I don't think they're, they necessarily play the same roles as each other, but I think the look of the film, the, the, the musical numbers, everything would have been very similar. Yeah, yeah, I think that's true. I and I, I, I will just start with saying I think that Timothy Chalamet, Chalamet did an incredible job. Um, he really, I think, em, embodies the not just the the physicality, but also like what you would think would be a young Wonka's mentality and and his positivity and his naivete, even all the way at the mm-hmm. beginning. So, um, yeah, it's it's hard to imagine somebody else, but I also I could see how he would be a good fit too. So. Yeah, I think right. that sounds very interesting. He's a, they were both good choices, but I'm happy with the result personally. Cool. And the the last thing that I wanted to say is that you mentioned the the stacked cast. We just have 
so many incredible character actors in this. That was one thing that I appreciated mm-hmm. was there's not a ton of headliners. I would say, yeah, Timothy Chalamet, Hugh Grant, Olivia Coleman, Oscar winner there. But the rest of the cast is just people who are incredible at embodying various characters. And I think that definitely helps the script and the, the story out a lot. And one that you didn't mention that I was surprised by was Rowan Atkinson, a.k.a. Mr. Bean, doing his first film in about five years. Oh, but it was really cool to see him. That's coming right. Back. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I actually meant to write him down. I didn't see him on the list and I was kind of saving him for last and then I forgot to write him down at all. So apologies. Yes, Mr. Bean making an appearance, which I think the last time I feel like I saw him was Love Actually. I mean, that that's probably not accurate, but I just mean that's probably the last time I feel like I saw him in something, mm-hmm. you know, recent-ish. And he's, yes, such a character actor there as well. <laughs> so that's his yeah, vibe. I think- that's his whole vibe. Yeah. I think everyone in this plays their roles really, really well. We'll get into a little bit more of that in the spoilers section. But do we want to go into just sort of some overarching thoughts for those that are here just to sort of get an early review of did you did you like the movie? Should they go see it? Anything big picture wise you want to talk about? Yeah. So I think my thing is, you know, I do kind of want to get into the thick of it in a minute. So I'll give you my I'll give you my high level, which is that Mm -hmm. I thought it was beautifully done. Um, Mm -hmm. If you have any sort of nostalgia about the early films and you're worried about seeing this, which I definitely was, I think you may have seen Lamar on my Instagram. I was like, don't ruin my childhood, Timothy Chalamet. (laughs) Um, But I yeah, I was a little bit I mean, I was excited, but I was nervous, you know, and I went Mm -hmm. in I went in with quite a bit of trepidation and feeling like this could go really poorly. Um, Yeah. And I don't think it did. I think I was pleasantly surprised. Maybe that helped as far as my Mm -hmm. expectations being like, you know, again, not one way or the other. But I was not disappointed. I thought it was beautiful production design, beautiful costumes, beautiful music even. And then I just I loved his performance as Wonka. And to your point about all of our character actors here, I think they all did a really great job of just like really committing to the bit, as it were. And um, I think it's it's consistent throughout, you know, and so um, I thought it was really kind of magical, actually. And I remember thinking like midway being like, this is this is good. Like, I like this and being kind of pleasantly surprised to myself. Yeah, I didn't expect to necessarily really like this. Um, I didn't think I was going to hate it, but you know what I mean? And so, yeah, I really liked it. I definitely think people should see it. I don't think you should be trepidatious about if you have loyalty to either of the previous right. versions um, or Gene Wilder, who I think is, you know, the Willy Wonka, so to speak. It vibes to me that Timothy Chalamet could be a younger Gene Wilder. You know what I mean? Like, I, I guess yeah. that maybe that's the biggest compliment I can give him is I feel like the performance lines up so well that it feels like it could be cohesively the same person. And I think that's like what they were going for. Right. You know? Yeah. So I'm going to agree with pretty much everything you said. I think pleasantly surprised are the two words I would use them to most describe this is I had low expectations and I, you know, too, was a fan of the original. I didn't love the Johnny Depp remake in the mid aughts or whatever that was. It was fine, but it didn't feel necessary to me. I think this being a prequel is pretty cool. I think this is going to benefit from 
the time that it comes out, because this did feel like a holiday feel good movie, you know, going mm -hmm. in exactly what you're going to get. It's just going to be a film yeah. that's going to the story beats pretty much happen exactly how you would plan that they would. And I don't think there's anything that's going to shock somebody, but I think it's a great children's film. And we'll touch on some of the I don't want to spoil a specific component of the film for those that, that, that haven't seen it. But I think overall enjoyable. I, I'm not going to say it was one of the best movies I've seen. It, I don't think it cracks like my top five for the year, but I think for a December movie where I just wanted to sit back, relax and enjoy something very lighthearted. Yeah, it, it pretty much checked all those boxes for me. Yeah, I think that's fair. And then before we get into the nitty gritty, because you and I were texting about this movie off mic, mm -hmm. so I, I want to get into that. So before we do that, what would you rate it then so we can send our non-spoiler people on their way? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm not going to go super high, but I'm also not going to say give it an, a negative rating of any kind. I would say for me as an adult, I, uh, personally, this would be like a, a six and a half, maybe a seven for me. It's enjoyable. It's a good film. It's not great. There are things that I will critique a little bit when we get into it. But I, again, it's it has that benefit of its light. But I also think it lacks a little bit of substance just because it's so light and it is a children's movie. So I think there there was a little bit of missed opportunity there. But I'd say like six and a half, seven. OK, so you're the Russian judge today. And today, I love that yes, for us. I will. <laughs> so it's we're the holidays. I'll give you a chance to change. Listen, I'm very rarely the nice one. So I love <laughs> this moment for me. Um, yeah, I think I'd go higher just because of. I think really part of it is, I think I told you before on my ratings, it's like it's very gut checky. I'm not necessarily trying to be hypercritical in the moment that I rate it, but it's also how did it feel to me and how did it feel while I was watching it? Like there are films sometimes that like you're mid film and it, even if you're in a theater and it like something takes you out of it, you know what I mean? It takes yeah. you out of it and you don't enjoy it or you're not as leaned in. And I feel like I was leaned into this the whole time and I was really in it and really enjoyed it. And yeah, I don't, I agree. I don't, see a lot of opportunities film wise especially in just my own personal taste to just relax and like have a good time at the movie every mm -hmm. now and then and so that was a that was a fun unique experience to me so i think i would say like a solid eight for me uh and okay. a lot of it's in the feels in the feels in the vibes yeah i'll say two things number one I will explain why mine is like six and a half, seven when we get into the spot. I can't really explain because it sounded like I gave it a very positive review and then people were probably surprised I gave it a seven. But I'll, we'll get into that when we get into the spoiler zone. Secondly, talking about having things take you out of the experience in the theater, I will point out that Janelle was seated next to somebody and after the movie ended, she said this grown ass man was just digging in his nose the entire film and she could no. not enjoy the film because of that. <laughs> Sometimes, oh, it, sometimes it's a crapshoot of where you're at in the theater and, and poor Janelle. Yeah, that's right. Poor Janelle. Hate to ruin that for her. I guess that that's pretty much it, guys. You've heard from us. And I will say, regardless of my rating, go see the movie. I, I don't think you're going to hate it. I think depending on whether you've got kids and how invested you are in just sitting back and enjoying something, I, I think that it's definitely worth seeing. So go see it. And now, Mackenzie, do we want to move into spoiler territory? Yeah, I think so. I think it's spoiler time. We got to get into the nitty gritty of it. I want to better understand your rating. I want to share mm -hmm. some some deets about the individual characters and all that. Mm -hmm. So this is your warning. Turn around. Don't get the spoilers. Turn um, around. Don't we, drown in spoilers. Turn around. Don't drown in spoilers, as we say in Texas, because people can't read. <laughs> Everything has engine. to rhyme. 
Everything has to rhyme. So turn around, don't drown in spoilers. We are activating spoilers now. So, yeah. And also, uh, I feel like we have to make that make sense for the people outside of Texas because only the Texas. So when you guys see road signs and you're driving and there's warnings of, you know, flooding or whatever in flooding, usually in this case, anytime there's one of those in Texas, they feel like they have to make the sign rhyme. So there's literally yeah. it'll say turn around, don't drown. And meanwhile, there's flooding and people dying, but they're just like, let's make it lighthearted and silly. This is how we know you're not from Texas, because I didn't even think to explain that to anybody. <laughs> I was like, obviously, you will know what I mean by this. But yeah, yeah, people don't. We get a lot of flooding here in Texas because we don't know how to, I don't know, drain rain. Anyway, yeah. So that is a Texas thing. Wow. I totally didn't even we, think about that. Yeah. We like to keep it. Bare. Things are much more whimsical in Texas than you would think, guys. They're much like Definitely, Willy Wonka. Definitely the DPS signage is more whimsical than you than anything else. Yeah. That's for I'm like, sure. When I was in New Jersey, <sighs> if there was flooding, it would just say turn around flooding ahead or drive carefully. But Texas, yeah, turn around. Don't drown. Anyway, um, <laughs> speaking of whimsy, let's get into let's spoil the shit out of this movie. And, you know, we've, we've yeah. each seen it once. We saw it in theaters, so we couldn't take a lot of super detailed notes. So we won't dig in as much as we usually do. This will probably be a bit of a shorter episode. But I do want to say one thing that I liked about this in regards to the original was I thought this walked the line properly between the original was whimsical and cynical. And I think this does a good job of matching that energy where it's mm -hmm. very lighthearted, magical, humorous, but it's also a little dark. The only difference I would say in this case is in the original, I thought Willy Wonka was a quite cynical character. I mean, he's he's got this very dry delivery, Gene Wilder, and he's sort of seeing these kids die and doesn't get all that upset about it. No, stop, don't. In this one, to what you said earlier, you know, this is a young version of Wonka. I think of all the characters, Wonka is actually the least cynical of the bunch, but all of the bit part players, the character actors in this, they go hard on that very cynical comedy, which I appreciate. Yeah, which I think isn't very intentional, right? Like, I think that the difference between the Gene Wilder, Willy Wonka is and this one is that he's been around the block. You know, he's been mm -hmm, through some shit. Mm -hmm. He has seen some shit. And they say in that one as well, of course, like he's had people try to steal his his technology and his recipes yep. and all the things. So he's very he's quite a bit angrier for sure. Um, but he does have that, you know, deep seated whimsy. And you do see that come out at various mm -hmm. points. And and yeah, I, I like to think that Timothy Chalamet's version of Wonka was hearkening back to that that root of him, really, that would have existed before he has been through all of that and and but you're right i think it does strike a, a tonal balance because even though he is still learning and figuring out like, mm -hmm. that not everyone is out to help him that yeah. he that everyone else is rightly more cynical than him you know everyone else has a little bit different tone than he does so it does still achieve that balance for sure i agree and i think you see that in stark contrast as soon as he gets to town and he finds a place to stay in olivia yeah. coleman's character and that's one of the biggest throwbacks callbacks to the original that i love which is that contract that crazy yeah. fucking <laughs> contract that's pages and fine print. pages long yeah and you don't understand because you know she's screwing him. You can tell by the you know the the vibes of her energy. Not like screwing she's him, about screwing to screw him, him over. She's screwing him over. That's there you go. Thank you, thank you for clarifying. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, her, the contract is screwing him over. There is. Yes, if you were exactly. only going to go see this movie, if there was a Timothy Chalamet, Olivia Coleman sex scene, <laughs> you're going to be disappointed. Turn around, don't drown. It's not going to work. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
But no, she's she definitely gives him this huge contract and you can tell something is wrong. You can tell that it's mm-hmm. not going to be good, but you don't know why he signs it anyway. You do find out that he ultimately and can't read. And that was what I that's what I stopped myself from saying when you said, oh, he's such a naive character. I was like, kid can't even read. <laughs> yeah, kid can't even read. Exactly. That's why he's so naive. But yeah. that's you. You see him commit to it, which I still think like. He's not not just that he can't read and he can't put together that this contract itself is a, is a real screwy a contract, but mm-hmm. he has somebody cueing him like this is tricky, like don't mm-hmm. go for this, and he still does it anyway, even though he can't read. Like if I'm if I'm him and I can't read, and somebody just warned me to read the fine print, I'm not signing mm-hmm. that document, you know. But again, but he it's does a product it anyway. of his. But I, I I think that I like. Exactly what you're talking about of how we don't find out why he still signs the contract until later. They do a great job of of that component in this of giving you information, but not revealing the reasoning behind it until later in the movie. So that gets revealed. And also, I think that it ties into this version of Wonka. It makes sense that a younger version of Willy Wonka would be so optimistic and he's got this creative mind and he's going to all these places to make these elaborate, crazy candies and he slowly mm-hmm. gets more accustomed to the world of how people really are and how selfish we can be. So for him to say, I think he he tells Noodle at one point that I've always just I've gotten by on that hope and that believing that people are going to take care of me, the kindness of strangers. And it turns out the world is not that kind to him. No. And I think but I do think that Noodle tries to warn him. And even if Mm -hmm. he doesn't know why, it does feel like a warning. And it tells you, I guess it tells you how naive he really is. Right. Because even though she is any of us could read that as a warning, he -hmm. doesn't read it as a warning. Exactly. To your point of like, he doesn't realize how much these people are not trying to help him. In fact, are trying to hurt him in this way. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's where you where you don't expect him to continue down that path and then he does and you know that that's going to be the impetus for the story right like you know that this is going right. to be some crazy contract that screws him for the rest of this story and the way that he gets out of it is really creative mm-hmm. or, or eventually mm-hmm. gets out of it but it takes a long time and it takes a lot of work and it involves uh, all these this crazy cast of characters who are in similar predicaments of him as him and what i love about that is that he sort of adopts them all you know he's sort of like adopts them all as he's going through that. And they're they're the more cynical people. They're the more, right. you know, they've been through it. They they don't trust people. They're angry or they're upset or what have you. And he kind of brings a lightness to them of, we can figure this out. Like, yes, this is a terrible circumstance, but yeah. we're going to figure this out. And it feels like they've given up. But he kind of refuses to give up. And I think that's one of his charms, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That that don't don't quit attitude. I want to backtrack just really quick and note something about the start of the film because as you said the conflict it throws you right into that he's yeah. signing this contract you know 10 to 15 minutes into the movie he's already kind of screwed and we see how this is going to play out but mm-hmm. i want to say that that those nerves that i had of you know like you said don't shit on my childhood they they were sort of taken away within 90 seconds of the film starting because number one which I didn't want to spoil this in the the non-spoiler section, but this is a musical. I think it was kind of hinted at in the trailers because you see some dance numbers and stuff, but I didn't realize bit. how many songs would be in this. And how it, yeah. you know, it seems like every five to 10 minutes, you're getting a song, which was pretty cool. And that first one, 
the the humor that lands in that of him showing up to town with a, with a bunch of dreams and twelve silver coins, and he slowly goes broke throughout the ninety seconds Just of that song or two. One it's day, great. yeah, yeah. So I thought that it really did a good job of setting the tone early of that mix of whimsy and cynicism was set right there in that first song. Yeah. And I think you get a few callbacks, like even in that little intro, like just from a an environment, but also even when he like loses his coin down the storm drain, mm-hmm. like that's how Charlie finds Charlie the golden ticket ultimately in the in the original. Um, and they have a couple of songs from from the original film. Um, the Oompa Loompa song is from there and the Pure mm-hmm. Imagination song is from there, but everything mm-hmm. else is a new song. And what's cool about that to me is that it still feels like it vibes with the the yes they, they all kind of are cohesive and come together like it vibes with this new style but it also is a great homage to the original um and i was impressed just simply at timothy chalamet i don't know i don't recall a film before where we've heard him sing um mm-hmm. and i thought he did a, a really good job i mean he's not a broadway singer you know he's not you know yeah. gonna gonna be on the great white way any minute now but he does a really good job a really solid job which i think is similar to gene wilder you know what i mean like gene wilder didn't have a crazy set of pipes either it's just it feels like this whimsy of just a man who is singing rather than you know a singer trying to play this role and i think he does a really good job of it totally agree with that it's like you know those people that dance like no one's watching if you're sing your heart song you know willy wonka or just wonka whichever version you want and I will say that this I don't think I would have enjoyed this movie as much if it weren't for the fact that it were a musical, because I thought that as a musical, it's great. I think the songs are great. I think the dance numbers are great. The The story that it weaves into those songs, I think that was probably my favorite thing about it. So I think when I gave my review earlier, I didn't want to spoil that it was a musical. But yeah, the musical, I would give like an eight, a nine out of ten. The rest of the story is where it sort of has its drawbacks for me. That's so interesting. I think that's a really rare assessment for mm-hmm. non-musical fans. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm a big musical fan, and everyone I know who is not like necessarily a musical fan doesn't mean you hate them either, but just not a huge fan. Most people are like, I could have done without it. So that's really <laughs> that's really interesting. I like that assessment. But let's dig into where do you think the story falls flat? I think that the story, as I said, it being predictable is a good thing because you know you're going to have a happy end and you know sort of what the conflict is going to be you can kind of predict but at the same time yeah you can kind of predict what the story beats of okay this is good things are going too well we need another conflict in the last 20 minutes or so and if i'm being honest i think my least favorite thing about the film and this is probably this is hard to say but honestly child actors good child actors are hard to come by and i didn't think they did a great job of casting the main girl um, I thought she had a great Noodle. singing voice and I'm yes, I'm wondering yeah. if maybe that's why she got cast because she could sing so well. But some of the line deliveries mm. when we were supposed to be feeling for her or there's a scene at the end when she yells at Olivia Coleman's character like, I hate you all. And it just it, it sounded exactly how I just delivered it. So I am sorry. Mm. I don't like to critique child actors, but I think in something like this where you have this incredible cast of character actor adults and you really just have this one person that if you do not cast this properly, it brings down Drags a little down. bit of the flow of the film that's kind of what happened for me so you think that's the main thing i could kind of see that she didn't really stand out as being that bad to me per se i didn't think she was like great you know mm-hmm. but i didn't think she was that bad um but i i mean when i think about how i was watching it too though i was 
pretty honed in on Wonka as a character. Yeah. Like I was, yeah. and I think that's a good thing about this film is actually it does make you feel like he exudes this just magicality, you know, mm-hmm. like he's got this energy that he really retains throughout, I think. So um, in that sense, it was, I was kind of focused and distracted by that. So I don't think I noticed that as much. I did notice some of the other really great performances by yeah. not the kiddos, but by the other character actors, like we're talking about like Bleacher is hilarious and what i was saying earlier is his voice sounds so familiar to me and we talked about this off mic i cannot figure out where from um but i remember hearing his voice at the beginning and thinking like he's from something like i know him from something and i looked it up and i can't figure out what it is it's either got to be that or it might be that he just he has that gruff english it's not cocky but that thick english accent that rough character accent and i think maybe he just has the, a voice that someone else that you've heard had like a like a cartoon yeah. character or something it must sound like something else it's got to be that but yeah him and mrs scrubbit or olivia coleman's character are yeah. such a funny dynamic they mm-hmm. start as these characters who are really in doing deals with each other and in business together like they have no other real interest in one another other than you know you scratch my back i'll scratch yours kind of thing And then that shifts and transitions because of the distraction that Wonka Mm -hmm. and Noodle are trying to interweave here so that they can sneak out. And they sort of create this like matchmaking vibe between the two of them are, oh, he's into you and he's actually, you know, a long lost prince or whatever, (laughs) all this stuff. And it creates some of the funniest scenes in the film of just like his outfits and their energy and like it's so funny to me i think the two of them in the matching silk robes oh my god (laughs) and that's it's another situation where they do a good job of again setting that joke up of what this this scheme of wonka and noodles is going to be of oh wait Mm -hmm. he does this and then they sort of tease it and you don't see the how it's going to play out until he walks in with that like the belgian short short outfit and um, she's like, oh, my goodness. And they immediately fall. In yeah, love. I, I found that yeah. part of the story really entertaining on site, you know, just oh, my God, those little short shorts just do it for me. You know, it's yeah. so hilarious. But um, but so that's one pair of nemesis that he has to deal with nemesis and the other ones being the chocolate cartel. So, you know, the way that he starts off is he comes and makes an immediate impression in the square, sharing his chocolate that makes people fly. Um, mm-hmm. And they all love it, actually, even the the chocolate cartel love it because they try it and they're trying to, you know, compete with him and they pretend like it's not that great. But they all three of them are like, this is fucking incredible. They um, love it so much. It scares them. It they, Exactly. They love it so much that they are immediately threatened by him, mm-hmm. of course. Right. So they then basically come up with a plan to put him out of business in any way necessary. And they leverage the chief of police. Keegan-Michael Key, who is hilarious as him, but he's a yes. corrupt police officer. Yeah. He tries to kind of be cool for a minute. And what you yeah. find out is that he's just so obsessed with chocolate, like everyone in this town, that they literally bribe him with, you know, tons, literal tons and tons of chocolate. Yeah. Um, and you see him slowly get fatter and fatter and fatter throughout the film as a result, which I think is like a subtle but funny progression of him as a character i think doesn't he say at one point oh my car shrank and chocolate cartels yeah, like yeah, sure yeah. if that's what you want to tell yourself okay pumpkin yeah. whatever <laughs> keeps you doing our dirty work a hundred percent yeah yeah so going along with that i thought that some of the best humor in the film came from his character again all the, the chocolate cartel 
their song was probably I meant to go see if the soundtrack's on Spotify or the score, I guess, to, mm. to listen to all the songs again. I'm pretty sure the Chocolate Cartel song where they're bribing him might be my favorite in the entire film. And then going along with the chief of police, I think his humor was some of the best. The stuff with the cops was great. I especially liked yeah. where he is saying, hey, our number one priority is catching this Wonka guy. So I'm going to put a, a patrolman on every single sewer grate in the city. And he goes, yeah. shouldn't we be solving all these murders? No, yeah, no. Should we be solving these murders? No. This is I loved that. Um, I also loved when he is tr- torturing or trying to intimidate Wonka and he's holding his head underwater while he tells him to stop making chocolate, but he's underwater yeah. and can't hear him. He's like, I, I can't he's understand. Like, I don't, he's like, what? I don't oh, understand. Yeah. What are you saying? I didn't hear you. Yeah. And I yeah. and I, I agree with you. I love their the chocolate cartel song. And I don't know what that is. Why do villains always get the best songs? Mm-hmm. I, I'm telling you, that is ubiquitous across musicals and animated films villains yep. always get the best songs and i love that for us because it's hilarious and great but yeah they have the greatest song and they have the uh, the best physicality too like slugworth is really interesting how he you know dresses and talks and they're so fancy but they're so evil and it's this great juxtaposition of of all three of them and one of them in particular who's played by matt lucas which is the the guy in Bridesmaids. I don't know if you remember that. Who It was interesting or, seeing him with hair for a change. I'm so used to him being bald in everything I see him in. That's true. You're totally right. But yeah, he's a real he's a real weirdo in some of those other ones. And he's not <laughs> as weird here, but he's definitely yeah. like real dumb here. And I think the funny thing about him is he keeps trying to say funny, clever lines like the whole way throughout. And he only yeah. gets one. And Slugworth only gives him like one. He's like, Okay, that was pretty good. But like, yeah, the but he's whole just film pointing out the obvious. Funny. He's yeah. just pointing out obvious things. You know, it's like, it's like the if they were to have matter, an accident, you know, and he goes, yeah. yes, and maybe to the death. And he's obviously that's what I was saying. That's the subject. Yeah, he's like, that's you just, and also you're giving away the plan. Like you, you're not being <laughs> subtle about this at all. So yeah, yeah, they're they're a funny, cool dynamic that I really like. But I also like that um, we see the the beginnings of Wonka, the inventor throughout all. Yes. So like, of course, he's the chocolatier, which is great. And he's brilliant at it. But you start to see how innovative he is. And, you know, some of his contraptions and how it doesn't just apply to chocolate. You know, he gets them out of the laundry where they are trapped by building this contraption that does the laundry for them so that they can escape during the day and try to sell chocolate and get themselves out from under Mrs. Scrubbit. So it's very well done in that it's showing you how he's built this skill set that applies as you see later to his factory in these later stories and all of that and so i really really liked that but i also liked seeing i liked seeing the development of him as the chocolatier the development of him as an inventor but also the de- the development of him as somebody who kind of takes people in including yeah. our oompa loompa in the form yeah, of let's talk Hugh about grant. Hugh grant hell yeah yeah, we got to talk about him before we before we wrap this up. I so transparently, you know, there was uh, some controversy. I don't know how aware you were of this, Lamar, before the film started, but there I was didn't some do shit. Not about you, shockingly, but about Hugh Grant as the Oompa Loompa, and it was like, you know, there are plenty of uh, little people actors who would have the opportunity to play this part in theory, and they were upset that it was given via CGI to somebody like Hugh Grant. Now, my asterisk to this is I actually think they did a great job because he is quite a bit smaller 
than mm-hmm. you can tell from the trailer. And he's yeah. actually more accurate to the book. So in yeah. the original film, they're quite a bit taller. Um, but in the book, he is supposed to be like knee length or shorter of on an average person. Oh. So he's quite a bit shorter because of that. It's more accurate to the original. And so I just don't think you can achieve that with an actor, right, in the same way um, yeah. without leveraging CGI anyway. So I would just asterisk that. I understand why people were upset. I can understand why they maybe still would be upset. Maybe they can CGI a different person. But I think the point is that this is a much smaller person than you realize and think that it is. Um, right. And I liked that they did that, mm. that they made him teeny tiny because then his whole storyline makes a lot more sense to me, too. Because if you had him be the same size as the Oompa Loompas in the prior version, he wouldn't be able to, like, literally sneak around and still mm-hmm. steal Willy Wonka's chocolate the whole time. So I just loved that that dynamic. So their original story is kind of told there as well. Yeah, I, I think that... <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm a little more cynical about those kind of things than you. But I I feel like people are always going to find something to be mad about. Um, I'm all for social justice. But there's there's a fine line because I feel like if you cast an actual little person to be the Oompa Loompa, some people are going to be mad and say, oh, why are you typecast? Why are you forcing them to do only these roles? So I just feel like people are going to be salt. You're going to piss off. 10% of people, no matter what decision you ever make in a casting choice. So like, let them complain online. I I don't see the point in getting upset about it. I thought Hugh Grant killed it in this role. So I thought he was so, so funny. And I also thought that he they they set up his backstory in a really unique way that is transparently a little bit different than the original. And it's that Wonka owes him money. Wonka stole their cocoa beans by accident, yeah. of course. He's, you know, not not maliciously, but he stole their cocoa beans and he has to go after him and get them back. And so he's like, until you pay me back all the cocoa beans a thousand times what they're worth mm-hmm. in chocolate, then I'm not leaving you alone. And it's so funny because you can tell he hasn't caught him yet. He just knows that he's doing it. He's seen him right. or, or felt his presence or whatever. And because he's so small, he can sneak in and out of windows, suitcases, like mm-hmm. whatever, all over the place. And he does finally catch him. And once they start to interact, they just have the funniest interactions, I think. And then ultimately it turns into a mutually beneficial relationship and, you know, the beginning of that partnership. And it's, I think, more of a partnership in this story than it was in the original. Yes. Of, I'm saving you. You know, yeah. I'm saving I was. And I, I agree with you. I, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I remember hearing that the Oompa Loompas in the original were more akin to slaves or that it was a metaphor for slavery in some way in the book. So I like that in this version, they give it a much healthier dynamic to what this Mm -hmm. relationship is. I don't know what Roald Dahl's message was there, but I'm a lot more comfortable with this being a mutually beneficial relationship as opposed to what, you know, it was in the book. Yeah, I think in the original, it's a little bit more white savory, you know, and they Mm -hmm. kind of take that away here of like, Hey, okay. actually, he owes him. He owes the <laughs> Oompa Loompas some, some stuff, and he needs to pay him back. And then once they're square, you know, they agree to go into business together. And I, I like, yeah, I definitely loved that shift. So those are like the high level of all the characters and the general mm-hmm. plot. And I think we'll bring it home by telling you it obviously has a happy ending. I don't want to completely spoil it, but it just, right. it's, It's the beginning of his factory. I mean, that's where else was the story going to end, really? Mm -hmm, You know, he mm -hmm. he makes it out of the trials and tribulations of an early business owner 
and mm-hmm. he finally opens his factory to much acclaim and success and and he tees him out himself up for years and years of being this chocolate legend and um i just thought that the like i said the tone the set design the production the jokes even all really came together to give you yeah, just a really fun, magical movie experience that is, yeah, perfectly timed for this time of year, I think. Yeah, I enjoyed I enjoyed myself. Again, I'm, there are things I probably would have done differently. Number one would be casting a different child actress. But um, <laughs> but yeah, some of the humor didn't land for as much as I loved the lines that did hit. I was in a theater full of people and I feel like once every 10 or 15 minutes or so there would be a line delivered where I'm like, I see what the writing team was trying to get there, but it was sometimes trying to be a little too clever for its own good and the audience didn't really get it. I would agree with that. I I did notice that, I will say as well. Yeah, I noticed a few lines that you could tell were intended to get a laugh and did not. Mm -hmm. So so yeah, I I agree with that. I think that's fair. It's trying to be pretty clever in times where you know, either it just wasn't the right kind of clever or it wasn't as well-timed mm-hmm. as they thought. So, yeah, I totally agree with that. But, my listen, if there's not a Grandpa Joe, I'm happy because, you know, we don't shit. have a major... That piece of shit. Have you... I did a rewatch. You know this. I texted you offline <laughs> that I did a rewatch. And, man, I love that movie. I still love that movie. It's so enjoyable and nostalgic. But, man, the whole time watching it as, a, as an adult, you can't get over what a piece of shit Grandpa Joe is. <laughs> and how much he's a bad example for Charlie and how selfish he's been. And then, but Hey, I'm going to go to a chocolate factory. Okay. Now I can get out of bed. Like, (laughs) Oh my God, he's the literal worst. So there was no grandpa Joe in this. And I was thrilled. Yeah. Yes. Totally agree. Just bedridden piece of shit who suddenly can walk. Yeah. I think the last thing that I wanted to comment on was it is a very pretty, like visually movie. I think the set pieces, costumes, all that is great. And one thing that I did really like was, when you're comparing this to the original and you think about as kids watching that and seeing that when they first walk into that room of the factory with, you know, everything you can eat and it's a chocolate river and you can eat the flowers and everything is candy. Just that was all practical, right? I think the worry going into this one was, well, now with like CGI and everything you can do, some of the stuff isn't as impressive. You know, when they have the flying chocolate candies, it's like, okay, well, that's not really there. But I will say that by the time they got to where he opens the shop and there's the chocolate tree and all the effects, they did a really good job of making it look practical. I know most of it wasn't actually there, but they didn't make it seem so over the top fake. It looked like it could exist in the real world. Yeah, it was like it was a twinge nicer than paper mache. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm, I literally mm -hmm. noticed that and was like, okay, somebody could have literally done this with paper mache, but it's a little, it's a step up. It's a little bit nicer. So it's got that production design to it, but yeah, it feels achievable by this team of folks. And, and they do make that place feel really magical. And you see again, the inventor side of him, right? Where like Mm -hmm. he's controlling some of this physically with mechanics and they're riding bicycles to power these other things and lights are running for this. So it's not like, it's not, all magic and fake and effects and whatever it's here's how we did this you know in a in a little bit more practical way so yeah i agree i think it is visually stunning um Mm -hmm. and it's beautifully designed across the board again from the costumes to the set design and all of that so i think long and short of it i really enjoyed it and i would definitely recommend going to see it and it's one i would definitely watch repeatedly i mean maybe not every single year but i will i will definitely watch this over and over Yeah, I'll probably give it one more view. I could see myself watching it again down the line. 
And I think that after talking about it a little more, when I first, when we did the ratings at the beginning, I said six and a half or seven. I think after talking about it a little more in detail, I'll bump it to a seven. I'll go with the seven, the, Look at the higher you. rating. You because I do softy, again, it, tis the season, you know, tis the season to be a softie. One inconsistency I noticed, because I think if you're a Willy Wonka fan or Char even if you're a Charlie and the Chocolate Factory fan, um, definitely worth watching this to see sort of the setup. And you made the reference to Charlie's coin that he finds in the original. So mm -hmm. they're, they, mm -hmm. they do seem to be obviously tied together. But one thing I thought was weird was obviously the chocolate cartel gets arrested at the end of this and you find out that Noodle is actually related. She's the rightful heir to like Slugworth. But in the original, mm -hmm. they say Slugworth is still stealing, trying to steal Willy Wonka's candy ideas. So I was like, well, it's not Noodle, yeah. right? And this guy's in prison. I, I don't know. I don't think it's that, if I recall correctly, because I feel like I looked this up after. I think it's supposed to be his nephew who takes it over mm, and becomes okay. like the bad guy Slugworth. But Noodle's like on the Wonka side of things. Yeah, so... I don't, okay, but okay. I agree with you. I don't think that's super clear. And so you get you get a little bit of that hanging question of like, what happens with this this nemesis relationship in in the future? Because, you know, yeah, later that he's he's the biggest one who's trying to steal Wonka's secrets and all of that. So um, okay. but yeah, I think it's supposed to be like his nephew or something. So he raises another piece of shit. Moral of the story. Yeah, um, that's that's very comforting to know that there's always going to be slugworths in the world, really shitty slugworths. Like again, there's always going to be Wonkas too, you know. We close yeah. out on a on an optimistic yes. note of Wonka <laughs> and his little adopted family who now run the chocolate factory. And so, yeah, I think it's ultimately kind of sweet. Yeah, so. there's a couple other references that I I, I actually don't want to spoil every single like Easter egg and reference because I know that there are probably still some listeners who are like, I want to know everything, and I'm still going to go see it. But you know what? I, I want you to feel the feels because I did a couple times. Like I was like, oh, feel that's feels. really cute. Like yeah, I got I got into my feels a little bit with the back references and stuff. Um, and so I think there are a couple really cute moments like that in the movie that are worth not spoiling here. And if you and if you feel like you missed them, give them a goog afterward, and you'll be able to mm -hmm. appreciate it even more. But so we close out the year on this really wholesome, beautiful note. I think you know we recommend you go give it a give it a good watch. Yes, but we want you <laughs> to come back and bear with us as we make a very stark shift to some some not so wholesome material. Definitely interest. It'll be an interesting watch for you guys. And Lamar hasn't seen it yet, so I'm not going to spoil anything here. But come back next week where we talk about Saltburn. Which yeah, we're going to go from what, sweet to salty? Is this, this movie all about yeah. like somebody making savory treats or? Thank you for following my intentional transition. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> I wanted you to have a sweet starter and end with the salty here. That's who I am as a person. We close out on the salt. So, you know, that's what we're going to watch next. And it's just came out on Prime Video. So I'm telling you now, listeners, if you want to listen to that episode and be prepared, Watch it first because we will be spoiling the shit out of that one. And teaser, watch out for that bathroom scene. You'll know it when you see it. For oh sure. Oh, boy. So, um, yeah, yeah. So, guys, hit us up on our social at We Drink and We Watch Things. And let us know because this is the new release is something new that we're trying of talking about movies in sort of non-spoiler terms and then getting into the spoilers so if you'd prefer that we go back to covering more you know dated films and stuff we remember from our our youth and whatnot let us know but if you if you're digging the new stuff also let us know and we'll be running some stuff through our socials in the next few weeks and getting some feedback and we're curious to to hear what you have to say yeah give us that feedback but uh for now go have a drink and watch a thing cheers and happy new year and happy new year yeah <laughs>